Hi, I'm Michelle from The Unfinished Bookshelf. And I'm Caitlin from Just a Bookish Bay. And today we're joined for a very special mini-sode with Danielle Binks. Hi, everybody. (laughs) She was one of our very first guests, and it's a pleasure to have her back to talk to us about the Australian Reading Hour. Yes, let's do it. Let's talk about reading. Yeah. Is that a novel concept for you two? <laughs> a, a, a novel concept? <laughs> I'm hilarious. <laughs> Look, it's basically this government initiative uh, to remind people about why reading, even for an hour a day, is incredibly important to society and one's health as well, both mental and emotional and in some ways physical health. And it sounds really kind of cheesy to like set aside a day talking about isn't reading great but if you think about it there's no other time during the year where we actually stop and pause and give reasons for why this thing that we all assume is good for us and we kind of put on the back burner and say yes I should read more is actually something that we should actively pursue because it's good for society as a whole and it's good for us as individuals and I think one example of that is that when tested for empathy, readers of narrative fiction achieve significantly higher than other groups. And that, to me, is something that I think society and the world as a whole could do with a lot more of, is just empathy. So if you think that if we all start reading for an hour a day, we're going to have a more empathetic society, like, that's kind of magic. That's kind of incredible. And, you know, reading reduces stress by 68%. I think we could all do with a lot less stress in our lives. Um <laughs> And, and also, we forget how important it is mimicking behaviour when children see adults reading and they realise that reading is cool, that reading is something that their parents, that their guardians, their grandparents, that their mind is their parents do every single day is just part of their routine and habit. Children will start mimicking that behaviour as well. And we need a society of readers if we're going to have any sort of coherent, good society in the future as well. So that's what the Australian Reading Hour is. It is a day dedicated to talking about why reading is a good thing. And I think that is marvellous. Yeah, so do I. That's awesome. Danielle, tell us how um, people can get involved. Basically, what we'd love for you to do is check out the Australian Reading Hour on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on September 20th for an hour. Just tell us what you're reading and take a photo of yourself reading, whether it's on the train or on the bus into work or the way home from work. If it's, you know, an hour after you get home from work, before dinner, after dinner, before bed, talk about it. Talk about it with your network, with your social media networks, and just say, hey, this is what I'm reading and I've read for an hour a day and here's the reason why this thing called the Australian Reading Hour. Share those statistics about why read, about why it's important to improve upon our literacy and numeracy skills, why it reduces stress, etc. Just spread the word because it's up there with kind of people knowing that, yes, exercise is good for you, and now we have this great campaign on the on the news or on the media at the moment called like the move it or lose it campaign which is reminding people to move for 30 minutes of intense exercise a day um people knew that beforehand but the fact that the government is now putting a fine note on it with these ads it's similar to the australian reading hour everyone knows that reading is good for you there are no bad points to reading um but now we're sort of putting a fine tune note on it with the australian reading hour campaign saying these are the reasons why so it's up there with exercise and eating healthily you need to improve your mind as well. So that's what it's all about. 
I would say the only bad thing about reading is that um, I now have no room in my house. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your foundations are sinking. Yeah. The, the, the foundations are sinking down slowly, slowly. I completely get it. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, also, my bank balance hates me. <laughs> um, no, but most in all, likely. In, in all honesty, um, I think oh, most of our listeners, well, um, I would be really shocked if there were any people who. Uh, you know, who are work. listening to this bookish podcast and going, I'm not going <laughs> to No. Yeah. Unless, of course, look, if you, you just... want to get to it, like, on a capitalistic level, um, okay, so reading is you're either borrowing from a library or a bookstore that's still putting money into the pockets of an industry like mm-hmm. publishing that has a huge import-export tradition to it that creates but puts billions of dollars into the Australian economy and as you've already said even the negative side effects the really positive side effects <laughs> if all of us if all of us need to go out and get glasses reading glasses because our eyesight is going because we're reading late into the night that's also good for the optometrist industry in Australia so everybody wins and it's cash in people's pockets Congratulating because the you also have to buy snacks and tea for while you're yeah. reading and comfy socks. They're supporting so many industries. This is a reading revolution. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's really capitalistic. Anyone that's like, oh, I thought this was socialist, you know, sharing of ideas, portable <laughs> magic of books, blah, blah, blah. No, it's completely capitalistic. You know what? I think I definitely get my, um, my reading exercise more than I get my physical exercise every day. Work. See, and the way to improve that is with like audiobooks because audiobooks yes. so count as reading, stick it in your ear holes, take the dog for a walk, walk for an hour, listen to a good book. That completely counts as your Australian reading hour hour. So Ooh. we can do the best of both worlds. We can do like a move it or lose it and an Australian reading hour combined campaign. Let's do it. I Double mean, whammy. Love I, I love where you're coming from, but, you know, while you're exercising, you could also listen to old episodes of Better Words podcast, including our awesome old episode with Danielle. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would, I would yeah. highly recommend that as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's still one of my favourite titles that we ever came up with, which was Recognisable Hair. such a flashback yeah Yeah. and fun fact danielle i don't know if we ever actually told you this but it is one of our most popular episodes oh wait one of your most popular it's not your most popular what do i have to do to rectify this what must be done actually this is also your fault because one of our most popular is carly findlay carly i've got to knock her off the top no bad things about reading really no I can't think of any but I do love you know the idea that readers are so much more empathetic and I think that we see that especially in teenagers who read more and like our teens today are so engaged and um we had that experience when we were at Brisbane Writers Festival of listening to teens ask Veronica Roth questions and they just came up with some amazing stuff I mean somebody even was like how do you find the editing process and I was like I didn't even know what the editing (laughs) process was they were yes yeah they were incredible so I think um the more that we get teens reading especially and, and giving teens stories that I know you're a huge advocate for um, teens to the front and movements like that. 
Yes, absolutely. And like my favorite thing as well is obviously uh, 2017 and 2018 have been really rough years politically and, and, you know, in society. It's been hard. But what has warmed the cockles of my soul is when there have been marches, when there have been rallies, is seeing teenagers at the forefront with signs, with placards, saying things like Dumbledore's Army Unite or, (laughs) you know, um, the Mockingjay is here or expect you know, respect my existence or or expect my resistance. And these are all, you know, and they'll have like a picture of the Mockingjay. And it's amazing to think that kids read Harry Potter, read Hunger Games or read Veronica Roth and something of that message touched them so deeply that when the time came for them to speak up, they went out marching on the streets with signs and that they've chosen a touchstone, a political touchstone as a book that they've read. Like, that's amazing to me. And that's just yeah. proof, I think, that we are we are raising the next generation of readers and they are taking those messages and becoming the next generation of concerned and brilliant citizens who are contributing to society in a really profound way. I think that's amazing. That just, that's everything. I know. Absolutely. I think that's so cool. And, Michelle, we were actually talking about this the other day about how you know, like there was a bit of like the dystopian trend and the magic trend and like the vampires or whatever. And really uh-huh. the trend right now is just like, I don't want to, I don't want this to sound super cheesy, but I think it really is just like love. I mean, if you think about, yeah. you know, all of these wonderful like YA contemporaries that are being made into movies and it's just like these, you know, stories from so many different voices that everyone is sharing and connecting and loving. It's amazing. Oh, look, it's Becky Abatelli's uh, Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda being it's adapted into Love, Simon. Yeah. It's, it's Jenny Hans to All the Boys I've Loved Before. These yeah. are two examples of, of, you know, runaway successful romances. And to a, to a degree from the adult side of things, it's Crazy Rich Asians by Ken yeah. Kwan. Yeah. You know, okay. it, it's putting diverse romance out there and it's saying, like, we, we all deserve happiness. We yeah. all deserve to risk for that. I know we're going through really gloomy times right now, but it is a revolutionary act to decide to choose happiness and to reach for love because that's the thing that's going to keep us going, right? More so than anything else, that's the thing that's going to keep us going and keep us marching and keep us realizing that we are all connected and we are all the same. Love binds us. You know, I know you guys love the Beatles. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to say love really is all around, you know. Um, love need. is all you need. Yeah, <laughs> love is all you need. I just want to hold your hand. That's what it comes down to. I just want to hold your hand. I think that's amazing. It yeah. is. It's so cool. Oh, that's perfect. <sighs> so that I think that wraps everything up nicely when we talk about you know what what we're doing this episode for and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Now on to what people could be reading if they're not already reading something. Um, what yeah. have you been loving lately, and what would you recommend? people maybe pick up for their reading hour tonight or any night so um you know i love short stories of course i love short stories i'm reading meet me at the intersection the short story collection edited by rebecca lim and amberlyn cramolina from Fremantle press it is a collection of fiction and non-fiction stories from people of all different diverse and inclusive backgrounds across australia it's marvelous two of my authors that i represent as literary agent are in here callie gardner and graham acker I highly recommend it. I think Um, short stories really lend themselves to the Australian reading hour as well because you could knock out like six short stories in an hour. Truly, it's it's incredible reading. One of our 
past guests as well, Jess Walton is in there. Anyone is interested in Meet Me at the Intersection um, or you've read that and you want to know a bit more about Jess, um, you can go back and find our old episode with her as well Um, because, yeah, she has an amazing story and we're really excited to read Meet Me at the Intersection. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I highly recommend it. (laughs) Um, What else have you been reading? Uh, Still on the short story kick, there's this one out of the uh, Harlequin from the U.S. It's called All Out, The No Longer Secret Stories of Queer Teens Throughout the Ages, and it's edited by by, um, Sandra Mitchell. Um, It's incredible. It's basically every genre and across different time periods, and it's just queer teen stories inserted across time and space, basically, and it's amazing. Uh, and I understand that there's going to be a second volume of it, which I'm really excited about. Mm. It's got authors like Tess Sharp in there, Alex Sanchez, Cody Keflinger, uh, Sarah Farazan, Tessa Grattan. It's so good. I highly recommend it. And it's, again, short stories. So really easy to consume. Um, a couple of them in an hour, actually. Um, I highly recommend that. And then, um, still on the U.S. very commercial front, I just finished the very last book in the Kate Daniels series by Ilana Andrews, book 10, which was Magic Triumphs, and I'm in a little bit of a a book coma hangover (laughs) after that, because um, I have been reading those books a book a year for 11 years, basically, and now it's all over, and and it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? (laughs) It's like, it's both, it was a really fun send-off and and like a really satisfying ending, but at the same time, there's like a little bit of a mourning period for the reader. Yeah. yeah, and that's a series that you that you had like you could rely on every year for ten or eleven years, knowing that that book was going to come out and those characters were going to reappear in your life, and now it's all over. So oh. I'm I'm still kind of coming to grips with that. Completely so that's understandable. Other... Yeah, yeah, that's tough. That was tough. I'm, I'm, I can still sort of choke up thinking that oh my gosh, it's all over. <laughs> but I can always go back and, and reread, and I can always go back and listen to the audio books if I really want to. So yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, um, I think also it would be great to talk about, obviously, if, um, if people are setting aside an hour to read and they're going to try and Uh meet that hour, um, there are some books that we should recommend that, um, maybe, you know, really grip you and really get you hooked and invested. And one of those for me, and Danielle, I know you'll agree, was Neverland by Margot McGovern. Like as soon as I started, yeah. I, I couldn't stop. Yeah. And I, I I am a slow reader and I read a, like a page or two and then I have to put it down because uh-huh. something comes up and I, I do just read in snatches. But that was one of those books that I just started it and got completely absorbed in it. Oh, I'm so glad you loved it. I think the last time I spoke to you guys, I was saying how, yes, Margot's debut will be out next year. I know. And, oh and now God, it's been out. Yeah, I'm incredibly proud and I love that. And I love that something that I read oof, back in like 2016 that I, I read and I was like, I want this to be a book so I can own it already is out yeah. and I can talk about it with people and they love it as much as I did. And, and that's, that's incredible to me. That's magic. Yeah, and we did love it. That's such a beautiful book. That definitely Yay. would be a good one to pick up this reading hour. Um, the other Absolutely. one I just read this past kind of week when I was a bit sick was Black by Fleur Ferris. And oh, wonderful. Yeah, I remember the same thing happening with Risk as well in that I started that and 
in a matter of hours I'd finished it and that is so unusual for me um because I just I just was like I have to know what what's happening I have to know what's happening yeah Um, so and it's really good I really liked that yeah, the last time that happened for me was actually with Open Road Summer by Emery Lord, which I read on the weekend, and I honestly oh, I read it in like romance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just, I just want yeah. to keep reading until they get to their happy ending. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that 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 is that is the carrot that is being dangled, and it is a very effective carrot. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I just keep going. <laughs> um, we don't read that much romance, really, Danielle, but. Is there any okay. sort of books that you would recommend to kind of get us into that genre if we're not used to reading it? Uh, so do you guys lean more, to more towards fantasy or towards contemporary stories generally? Contemporary. contemporary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> contemporary of you. Yeah. Simultaneously. I love it. Uh, I really love Australian author Sally Thorne's The Hating Game, (gasps) which I'm sure people who know me know that I've raved about this online. It's just one of my favourite books of all time. Um, She really stormed out the gate. This um, Australian author from Canberra bought this, you know, romance book out with um, Hachette in Australia, and it just did, did so well in the US, and so many famous US romance authors just raved about her and she became this best selling author and now that book The Hating Game is gonna be adapted into a movie. Which oh, is amazing. Really? Oh yeah. So I, I like I promise you you will love it because I, I, I nobody who I recommended this to who's read it has hated it, has come up to me and been like, What the heck was that Danielle? You <laughs> sure changed me. Everybody loves it. And she actually has a new book coming out in January next year called um Ninety Nine Percent Mind. Yeah. which is more contemporary, you know, romance goodness. So Sally Thorne, a, a lovely Canberra author, check out The Hating Game and get ready for 99% Mine. You'll love them both, I promise you. And if you're somebody who wants a little bit more fantasy in their romance, I'm currently rereading a series, a trilogy that I really loved when it first came out, and I just realised that I haven't actually read the third book, the final book, because I was waiting for it, <laughs> and it came and went, and I was like, oh, I have to read that. It actually came out, like, earlier this year. So I'm rereading myself to, like, remind myself of the world. It's The Kingmaker Chronicles by Amanda Boucher. Uh, the first book is A Promise of Fire. The second book is Breath of Fire. And the last book that came out this year is Heart on Fire. Mm. Um, it is, like, Greek mythology paranormal romance very hot stuff it's game it's game of thrones from the female gaze in a lot of ways <laughs> I love like, it. okay it's also like xena warrior princess Ooh. unfortunately without the cool lesbian undertones but still really hot and heavy um greek mythology it's i like highly recommend it so yeah the kingmaker chronicles by amanda boucher and then she also has a new book coming out in the new year the first in a new romance series called night chaser which is a paranormal romance series that i'm really excited for uh, oh, so look amazing. out for that so sally thorne if you like contemporary and Amanda Boucher, if you want more fantasy romance. But both of those, I highly recommend you get into your romantic diet. I love mm, that. Yep, adding them to my TBR as we speak. <laughs> yeah. Are there any books that um, are coming out early next year or, like, towards the end of the year that we should be looking out for? Um, I think the one that you're going to be really excited for is my author, Jenna Guillaume. Mm-hmm. Her debut with Pad Macmillan is out in April next year. Oh, and it's yes. going to be the kind of like 
headlining YA title for Pam McMillan. It's called, called What I Like About Me. Um, oh, I love that. Is, yeah. It is a plus-size heroine teen romance. It deals with bullying and body positivity, and it's going to be freaking amazing. Um <laughs> I'm We've so excited got... for that because I have known yeah. Jenna for years through blogging. Yeah. Um, and she's the editor of BuzzFeed. Yeah, so I was just going to say, you will know her. And um, we should find her article on Insatiable that oh, she wrote. Yeah, yeah. Um, she writes such good stuff. And, I mean, uh, aside from also putting together wonderful collections of pictures of Chris Hemsworth, um, she wrote a really great <laughs> yeah. review of um, Insatiable. And yeah. um, oh, it's it's so scathing, but wonderful. True. Yeah. So on point. Yeah. So on point. And it's like what the the YA teen romance that she's written. What I like about me is like the antidote to how awful and sexual was. Oh, yes. So, so it's going to be excellent. look out for that. It's coming. It's going to be awesome. Oh. And we've also got Carly's. I mean, yes. should I give a shout out to Carly? If yes. Knock me off of the top spot. I don't know. Should okay. I will. <laughs> February, February. Her memoir, "Say Hello: How I Became the Hero of My Story," comes out with Harper Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, look out for her. She'll be touring over all over Australia as, as much as she can. Oh, fantastic! But it's going to be, it's going to be so good. I've seen the cover, and the cover is dropping soon, and it's so gorgeous. Oh, um, we are so excited. We too, absolutely love Carly. Yeah. So those are the two that like are really early in the year that you should be looking out for. Mm-hmm. And and as for what's happening like later in the year, I can only think of I, I, I can think of a lot, but the one that's at the forefront of my mind because I'm in that kind of urban fantasy paranormal romance space is one of my favorite authors, Charlene Harris, oh, who yes. wrote. This, of yeah, course. she wrote the Stackhouse series. Yeah, yep. the True Blood is based on. She has the first book in a new series coming out called An Easy Death. Ooh. An Easy Death. And it's, um, oh gosh, how do I describe what it looks like? Because I don't even know. I'm, I'm desperate to read it. It's out here with Hachette, I think, and it's it's dropping on, on October 1st. It's the first book in a new series called Gunny Rose, and it's urban fantasy. It's set in, like, a southwestern county known as Texoma. So it's like Ooh, an alternate yes. fractured United States. Cool. And it's like gunslingers. It's gunslingers. It's um, cowboys. It, it sounds super intriguing. And it's so unlike anything else that Charlene Harris has done before. And I just worship at her feet. So I'm desperate for it. Oh, so nice. an, an, an easy death. I'm really, really excited. I actually really like and need to get back to her series, um, Aurora Tea Garden. Such a good series. Yeah, <laughs> and they've had new books out in, in like the last two years. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. I, <laughs> yeah. I just I recommend her to anyone as well. My favorite um series of hers though is the Lily Bard series. Um which is an old school one of hers that she wrote before Sticky Stackhouse, but it's like my favorite series of hers. So I'll just follow her anywhere because I've <laughs> She's probably the author who's who I own the most number of books by her because she's just had such huge series, like such volume. Yeah. Wow. So I, prob- I probably own about like 40 of her books. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Actually, that's I, interesting. I love her. Caitlin, what's the um, author you own the most books of? I think probably Cecilia Ahern. 
Like obviously apart from uh, Harry Potter, because you yeah. like twenty million sense. copies. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's. I think it would have to be a Cecilia Ahern because yeah, I mean, since her debut again when she was like so young, she's mm. yeah. she's got a, f- a fair few. <laughs> Mine is yeah. actually Jacqueline Wilson. Um, um, yeah. My childhood favourites, and I can't bear to part with my signed copies of her books from the one time I met her and was absolutely starstruck and didn't say how much I loved her work. Oh. Oh. I was hand and just like beside myself with excitement, and just I couldn't believe I was meeting. She's like my queen. Like, <laughs> I just loved her so much. No, so- so you get it. So I, I probably, yeah, own the most of Charlene Harris and probably Nalini Singh, the New Zealand romance author, is another one who's a hot contender for the most books that I own. <laughs> Purely because being that they write in this genre, romance, paranormal realm, you could pretty much be relied on them when they had series going to release like a book a year, yeah. which is always good. Which is always good. Consistent. Um, like it. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us, Danielle. Um, and I hope everyone has a lovely time reading tonight or, you know, any yeah. night, really, whenever you've listened to this podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't already, go back and listen to Danielle's episode. Um, and then maybe go and listen to Carly's just so that Danielle gets annoyed. Oh, that do we have to? Do we have to? I think we could do a few listens to mine and yeah. maybe one listen to Carly's just to figure it out a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Danielle. Just um, give people a reminder of where they can find you online. Oh, I am on Twitter, Danielle underscore Binks, or I'm at DanielleBinks.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-B-I-N-K-S. Just look me up. Just shout out, hey, you, I'll come running. <laughs> fantastic and of course as always everyone can find us at betterwordspod and betterwordspodcast.com okay happy reading yeah thank you so much bye (laughs) happy reading hour guys bye (laughs) bye